1: Hi, I'm John
0: McEnroe I'm Bjorn Borg This
1: is Martina Navratilova
0: I'm Mats Vilander I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt I'm Andy Murray
1: And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast <laughs> Hello and welcome to Tennis Podcast Extra, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and Eurosport. My name is David Law, a commentator for BBC Radio 5 Live and BT Sport. Catherine Whitaker, not with me at the moment, but we were talking the other day about the changes being proposed for the Davis Cup by the ITF to remove the home and away aspect and to run the entire event over a week at the end of the year in a single country. Those plans, you may recall us saying, caused outrage with many tennis fans. Maybe you were one of them. And figures such as Yannick Noah, totally against them. He's, of course, the Davis Cup captain of the current champions, France. So, you know, he's enjoyed the, the glory at the end of last year. And he says this is the death of the Davis Cup, what the ITF are planning. What do the players think, though? They're the ones that are going to have to do it. Reducing the off-season, that's what it'll do. And for those that qualify for the end-of-season ATP Finals in London, it's potentially another draining week at the end of the year. Well, I've had a chance to speak to Marin Cilic the other day when we announced that he and Grigor Dimitrov were planning to join Rafael Nadal and Andy Murray at Queen's this year in June. So, Chilich's views on the Davis Cup coming up, they're pretty strong. I'm telling you, he is probably as punchy in this interview about a single subject as I think I've ever heard him. He really has strong opinions on these plans to do with the Davis Cup. First though we talked about that Wimbledon heartbreak against Roger Federer last year. You may remember Cilic struggling with those blisters and, and, and sobbing when he was on the court and I wanted to know really how long it took him to, to recover from that and We also talked about how he would like to lift the Queen's Trophy in a different way to that of 2012. You may remember when he won the title on that occasion, he played David Nalbandian, who was defaulted for kicking a line judge up in the air off his chair, and uh, and he got disqualified. So it would be nice to win it differently this time, wouldn't it?
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, in terms of winning the Trophy... Uh, you know, I, it still is written down there that I have won it. In, in that way, uh, I am satisfied that I was able to win it. But on the other side, you know, with fans, with everything, I was definitely a little bit disappointed with how how it ended in, in 2012. And uh, obviously last year too, and then the, the year uh, in 2013 when I lost to Andy, uh, it was both, both matches were, were quite close in three sets and especially last year I felt I was in such good form and such, I had a, a, such a win in my back of, of uh, playing well and uh, in that final I was uh, feeling that I I was having more chances uh, to win than uh, Saludiano and then, uh, well, as as. It, Came to the last point to the last thread. Uh, obviously, it can go to both sides, and uh, Feliciano definitely also deserved it to to win it as as uh, he's such a great player on grass too. But uh, all in all, I I had a, a amazing uh, last year between Wimbledon, and uh, it just proves to me that I am. Uh, Feeling so well in, on, on grass courts there in Queens, and uh, hopefully there is going to be a, a year where I'm going to be able to hold the trophy again.
1: That that would be nice, and and maybe maybe one go on to to win it at Wimbledon as well. I mean, you were so close to doing that this year, this last year as well. Obviously, the final w- must have been very tough for you, but but the the journey you had was it was a really exciting one to get all the way.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. I it was.
1: Uh, I would say that I just found
0: um, in myself and uh, with my team and the game, I found that a right click at the right moment. Uh, we picked the form beautifully. Uh, I had that uh, a good for court season, a lot of matches at that. That uh, set me up well to play on grass courts uh, and I was uh, moving through the draw in Wimbledon really, really nicely. I uh, had few tough matches in, in course and in semis against Miller and, and query and then uh, it was just uh, quite disappointing in me uh, in the end uh, just not to be able 100% uh, to, to compete and to to give my best on the on the final day, uh, but that's uh, that's you know still tennis and uh, those things happen. And, and still on the other side, I had a tough opponent in, in Roger, and definitely he he deserved it. I really didn't want to uh, take credit of his victory and of his uh, great run as well.
1: How how long did it take you, Marin, to to recover from that emotionally? Because we we saw how upset you were on the court that day the next day i mean how did you feel
0: um well i was uh you know firstly disappointed for losing that opportunity uh, to win the trophy i know how uh, how difficult it is uh, to to get uh, to that stage and to actually play that and even to be in a chance to win it as uh, as for me that was the situation i felt that uh, i was feeling if i'm going to be playing really well on the on the final day i might have a chance uh, to win the trophy so that was emotionally very very difficult um and and you know also heartbreaking uh, to, to have something like that in the final. But um, it didn't take me too long. I would say uh, several days after that, I was still feeling uh, disappointed. Could I have done something else? Uh, should I have done uh, some better uh, treatments or better preparation? And uh, after after examining everything, I felt that I tried everything. And I was, uh, in, in all terms, uh, being also uh, quite professional with dealing with my body, so I was quite clear in my head, and it didn't put me down. Uh, it didn't put me down emotionally too too long and too much.
1: And you came back out strongly at the start of this year, and you got to another Grand Slam final, and you were you were so close this time to winning it, to winning your second Grand Slam title. Do you, do you feel, Maren, that that if you play? Your best tennis over the next year or maybe two years, that a Wimbledon title might be yours.
0: I hope so. Um, I'm I'm looking into uh, my progress as a process, and, and uh, you know, as any player, I'm trying to improve uh, as quick as I can, as good as I can. And uh, the last two years, I would say, or even three years, have been incredibly successful in terms of progress for me as a player and as a person as well i uh, learned a lot uh, about myself i also uh, unlocked some keys uh, in my game in my preparation uh, in my training how to get better um, and uh, that is giving me quite a good strength in moving forward uh, that i believe that i can also still improve uh, and that uh, my best time is yet to come and uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, putting much pressure on myself uh, that I have to win Grand and that I have to uh, get to the top of the uh, ATP rankings. I'm looking at myself that I really Mm -hmm. want to improve and that if I'm uh, dealing, dealing with that, well, uh, that the results are going to come and hopefully, uh, grand Slam titles, and especially Wimbledon.
1: So. Yeah, well, it's it's getting better all the time. One of the players that you played in Australia to to get to that final was was Kyle Edmund. I just wondered what you thought mm-hmm. of of what you saw from him and and his sort of potential for the future. How, how good do you think Kyle can be? Ready to pop the question. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners eighteen free meals plus free dessert for life, and of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to HomeChef.com/Tennis. That's HomeChef.com/Tennis for eighteen free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right.
0: Uh, well, so all he had incredible run uh, to reach the semis uh, and. I believe three, three or four, three matches in five sets, and uh, and also a couple of tough matches as well. Uh, there brutal conditions down there, and uh, this year it was it was quite hot, and on some days it was uh, I- incredibly difficult to to bear with those conditions. And it just shows uh, how good his determination is, how good his motivation is, how well he worked as well in the off season and that he has put in the work needed uh, to get uh, to the next level uh, with physical abilities. Uh, with tennis abilities, he's got that uh, in himself. He's got uh, big shots, great serve, great forehand. Um, but I think he has just moved to another level. His um, confidence and belief in what he can uh, bring uh, on, on those big tournaments and under difficult conditions so uh, definitely a lot of good things in front of him and uh, you know he has to uh, definitely work still hard and uh, this has to be his his sign and uh, his path uh, in in terms of uh, his progress forward.
1: Uh, A British player, Maren, that you know even better is the man you you've talked about earlier on in in this conversation Andy Murray Mm -hmm and obviously andy is, has suffered a, a difficult time with injury he's trying to come back he hopes to get back in time for mm-hmm. queens i i just want to i mean mm-hmm. obviously the fact that he and some of the other players have been injured helps in a way in that there's there's less competition for somebody like yourself but is it what what is the atmosphere like in the locker room in regard to a player like like andy do, do you feel that do you feel people miss him on the circuit, even though he, he's the sort of player that can take titles away? I mean, is he is he missed?
0: Yeah, I I think so. I think so. Uh, even, you know, when, when we saw him uh, in Melbourne uh, this year, you know, for all of the guys, I think, came up to him and, and I think they were quite sincere to see him in that condition. And nobody of us uh, really wants to see any of the, any of our colleagues getting hurt especially uh, in, a, in in a long term process like him and especially uh, the players uh, like him who are who were most of their career on the top and uh, especially you know for him very uh, difficult moment when he got got to number 1 and then uh, uh, probably had some physical difficulties during uh, the beginning of 2017 season and then just to have that uh, to set him off is is, uh, I believe emotionally very very difficult but uh, I I think he's missed uh, definitely and and, uh, what I also think is that uh, if he, I hope that he gets back physically at 100% uh, when he's going to be healthy and I hope that it's going to be very soon uh, as, as obviously uh, most of the players don't like the competition but I think it's uh, very good for tennis uh, for all the players, uh, for the fans too, just to uh, bring tennis up and, and to have it uh, on a better level uh, and Especially from from Andy, from Novak, from Stan, from uh, Milos, say I don't know many many guys that were injured. I think just gonna create a bigger bigger competition and better competition for for everyone that everyone is improving and everyone is fighting uh, for those trophies.
1: I, I wondered, Marion how how quickly does the level move on? Because obviously Andy will have not played for a year if he gets fully fit again. Do you think? It'll take him a long time to get back to the the top. In as much as does does tennis move on? Does tennis improve so much that it becomes difficult? Um,
0: uh, for him, for for someone like him who was at the top and who knows what what to do, how to do things, how to train, <clears throat> I don't think it's gonna take much. Uh, he obviously needs to be at feeling at hundred percent, and he just needs match practice uh, to get back in a full full. Uh, uh, to be fully fit, and uh, I don't think it, it's going to take too too long for him, uh, as uh, he's got that ability. Uh, firstly, with with his mentality, always uh, extremely strong, very determined, uh, always extremely motivated to do well, uh, and uh, I believe that would be a new challenge in his career, what would push him even harder to to get back to the practice courts and to to get back to the match courts and to winning trophies. And uh, in terms of uh, the the level of the plays, definitely getting better, I think the players are getting better and better. But still, when you are comparing that to the top guys, uh, I don't think the top guys are going to be also not improving. Uh, I think they have that in themselves the fighting spirit, and uh, definitely, it's gonna they they use it well, and they use their conf- confidence well, and, and experience uh, in order to get back uh, to winning matches.
1: A final question, Marin. Um, over the last week, we we've had the, the news from the ITF that they are hoping or intending to to change the Davis Cup. Um, there's been a lot of discussion Thank about what people think, and I just wonder what you think of those proposed changes
0: well i think those are incredibly good news uh, for tennis um you know players um have been trying to uh talk to ITF and there there has been so many conversations in these i would say last 10 years in trying to change the format of the Davis Cup as uh, it was just too 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 difficult on the uh, physical part uh, for the players to play for four weeks in a year, and then every single year uh, to do that again and again uh, in Davis Cup. And uh, there have been a lot of debates in trying to change uh, maybe the, the scoring format, or maybe have it every two years, or maybe have it in a round robin. And uh, that debate was ongoing for for many years. And with this news. Uh, coming just uh, just recently that uh, you know the format could change and that we could have uh, everything in one uh, week tournament I, I think it's just incredibly good uh, and incredibly valuable for this so uh, I think it would just bring pass even more up uh, i would think i think also it would bring even more attention to davis Cup. Uh, everyone would be much more involved and uh, I feel that with that competition it would be uh, much, much more connected in terms of uh, saying if, if one nation in, in this uh, in this format that is uh, present, if one nation loses, for example, first round, the, the people from that nation are not going to be following Davis Cup uh, final or, or uh, Davis Cup competition anymore throughout the year. But with this one-week competition, I think it's going to just uh, create a nice vibe, and uh, it could be, it could prove to be uh, another incredible event that we have.
1: That's very interesting, Mary. Because I mean, some people are, are upset that the home and away element will be lost. You've obviously played a lot of Davis Cup. I suppose the truth is you you can't have it all. You you can't play home and away all year long and still still play everything else. I suppose that's the problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I still think that uh, with this uh, format, you're still gonna be able to uh, go and and support your own nation. Uh, I think uh, they, you know, all the teams are gonna be known a year in advance, and the, all the fans could prepare for those ships and get the tickets and uh, prepare for everything. Obviously, I think it's gonna be a big, uh, a big interest in, into uh, into that week, into that tournament. But uh, I still feel that you're going to be able to support your nation in a, in a good way and plus uh, see all the best players in the world at the same place.
1: You, you've you played um, the end-of-year ATP Finals the last two or three years. You've okay. also played the Davis Cup Final. The, as things stand, oh. that the suggestion is that they would try to have this event straight after the ATP Finals. You're a player. You know what that is like. How? I mean, some people have said that's just not realistic, or that's too tough on the players. I, you know, the, how short is the off season going to be, etc. What do you feel about that element of it?
0: Well, in this format uh, you are uh, giving players three weeks off for the teams uh, for the players that are going to compete in that. A final tournament of a group, uh, you are giving players three weeks off during the year, which we what we should originally play. So in in February, April, September, and end of and uh, the finals in November. And these you are giving them three weeks off during the year, and plus that end tournament. I believe it's gonna be played in best of three sets and uh, in a yes. format of uh, two singles and one doubles. So. Uh, still, it would be, you know, even if uh, you are playing in a round-robin format, you have uh, two matches and possibly one day uh, off uh, uh, between. Um, and, and then I I, was, I think they would have also Thursday off uh, before quarter semis and finals. And I don't think it would be that demanding on players. It would be... Uh, if you're playing singles five singles matches and plus doubles which uh, which is just like a regular tournament so um, in terms of that i don't think it would be that that demanding when you're looking at at the other side that you're getting gaining uh, 3 weeks in a year what you have uh, for rest in, in 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 the present format
1: and so is your sense that that more of the players than not will probably prefer this type of system
0: uh, I think, well, in my own opinion, ninety-nine point nine percent of of players.
1: Really, well, that's very interesting. Well, it's it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see whether whether it gets over the line and uh, and. But it's great to get your insight, Marion. Mm-hmm. Thank you for for being so candid and uh, and and spending the time. I really appreciate it. My
0: pleasure. My pleasure, my pleasure David. No, no problem at all.
1: So, Marin Cilic, always a gent, and uh, great to have him with us here on the Tennis Podcast. World number three. It's hard to believe, isn't it, really? Sometimes, you know, he's been around for such a long time, and I think we don't maybe talk about him enough. But here's a guy who's won a Grand Slam title. He's reached two of the, the last three Grand Slam finals at Wimbledon and the Australian Open, and here he is at world number three great to have him here with us on the show. We'll be back on Monday with another tennis podcast at the halfway stage of Indian Wells. We'll have news of a special listener offer and a competition with one of our sponsors La Manga Club in Spain. We're brought to you in association with The Telegraph and Eurosport and our executive producers of course Melanie Bowes, Triple S and Tennisballs.com. Speak Monday.